The Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free audiobook just for signing up for a free trial. Episode 105, Jimmy. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man, I'm just, we're all here alone. You know, we were starving for a guest. Bring some life to the show. That's right. We, we can do one of our, uh, our classic chin wags. We don't need guests. No. no. You, you have offspring. They read books. Well, that's true. <laughs> we'll be all right. And for anyone who, uh, who's one of our uh, new listeners, my name is Paul Alves, and uh, joined, as always, by my good friend in North Carolina, Jimmy Goots. Sir, Jim, wait, did we just give away your actual name? Yeah, it's Jimmy Goots, baby. <laughs> you live, and, live and... Yeah, you don't work for Mons- Monsanto anymore. No, no, F Monsanto. <laughs> F indeed. Yeah, man, make your own compost. Oh, don't, so... buy, don't buy Roundup. No you Roundup. You can make it yourself. It's bad for you. <laughs> it's killing the bees. Yeah. And I got, I, got, uh, I got my boy... Nobot here from he had his own episode named Nobot way back a couple years ago, but he's keeping up with reading on the books and. Uh, no, is no is nobot reading? Uh, no, is nobot there? Yeah, he's uh, he's sitting there on my knee. All right, <laughs> crushing me. Hey, hey, nobot, are you listening on audio? Are you reading paper or on a, a device of some sort? Both book and audio. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, we're going to talk about some sci-fi. I think me and Nobot this week, we were listening to sci-fi. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of Mr. Mercedes, the new Stephen King audiobook. Uh, I'll talk about that next week. But I have been listening to, I finished a book called Martian. But we'll, we'll start off with Nobot since uh, we miss you, buddy. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, what's on your Kindle? What's on your nightstand? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hear that you're talking about a one of these. Books on film. And television. Yet another fine book is heading to television, but you've been reading the book, yeah? Like usual, have to catch up and know what happens before it happens. All right. So, so you're listening to uh, or reading and listening to the Maze Runner. Yeah, Maze Runner all the way. Uh, what's the author there? No clue. No clue. Get, go, go get the book and come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's just... Uh, Give credit where credit's due, right? But he, he's like, him and my wife are the same way. They're, they they like, oh, gosh, I love that guy. That, that guy was in that other movie. And, <laughs> oh, that movie had that chick we liked in it. And they hey, don't know their names. Tell, tell Nomad not to feel bad because I, I had no idea who the writer of The Martian was either. Uh, it's Andy Weir, by the way. <laughs> well, while he searches for the book. Oh, we we'll play some sound effects. <laughs> yeah, what's the guy's name, Noah? James Dashner. James Dashner. Oh, and he also wrote the screenplay for the, the movie. So that's, that's always a good thing when the writer also writes the screenplay. I had the IMDb page up. So you got a better chance of the movie being a little closer tied to the book. Yeah, half decent. So, Noah, what's The Maze Runner about? Sounds interesting. Well, it's mainly about how these kids come out of nowhere and they have no clue what where they are, what their name. Well, they know what their name is. That's the only thing they mainly know. And they get feedback every once in a while of what the past was like. And they're in this big maze. They're surrounded by this big maze 
but they have a wall surrounding them and outside of the walls a maze and they have to work together to try to figure it out because the maze moves every night. How did they get where they are? They have no clue. Through a big box, actually, really. They got from a big box that they don't know where it goes or how it came to where it's at. So, so they've lost their memories and they're stuck in this big maze and they have to get out? Yeah, it's, but the maze moves every night, so it's difficult. Looks like there's three books in the trilogy. Oh my god. Did you know that? No, no clue. Oh, buddy, uh, listen, you're not only going to get ahead of everyone watching the movie, you might get ahead of the, the sequel and the, and the second sequel. <laughs> well, it makes sense. Nobody makes a movie these days that doesn't already plan for a sequel. Right, they already have the, the source material. So, so nobody, you want to take a quick listen? We're going to do this right here live and uh, take a little listen to the audio from Audible. Okay. Uh, this is narrated by Mark Deakins, written by James Dashner, The Maze Runner. Maze Runner, book one. Here we go. Listening Library presents The Maze Runner by James Dashner. Read for you by Mark Deakins. Chapter One. He began his new life standing up, surrounded by cold darkness and stale, dusty air. Metal ground against metal. A lurching shudder shook the floor beneath him. He fell down at the sudden movement and shuffled backward on his hands and feet, drops of sweat beading on his forehead despite the cool air. His back struck a hard metal wall. He slid along it until he hit the corner of the room. Sinking to the floor, he pulled his legs up tight against his body, hoping his eyes would soon adjust to the darkness. With another jolt, the room jerked upward like an old lift in a mine shaft. Harsh sounds of chains and pulleys, like the workings of an ancient steel factory, echoed through the room, bouncing off the walls with a hollow, tinny whine. The lightless elevator swayed back and forth as it ascended, turning the boy's stomach sour with nausea. A smell like burnt oil invaded his senses, making him feel worse. He wanted to cry, but no tears came. He could only sit there, Alone, waiting. My name is Thomas, he thought. That, that was the only thing he could remember about his life. Wow, okay. So Audible's obviously getting better at picking the segments of the books that we listen to, yeah? Yeah, that, that drags you in a little right there. It's not just some random piece of you know, sentence that doesn't have any meaning. You know, I, I I like reading this kind of, uh, you know, youth fiction. Uh, I might throw that in. I already added it to my uh, wish list on Audible. You can get it free, ladies and gentlemen and kids. Go to audibletrial.com slash book, guys. Hmm. Was that the same same uh, author or same author? Are you listening to that book or reading that book? This book is the one I'm listening to. Are you listening to the same same guy read it? Yeah. Okay. Of course. Well, Mark Deacon, I, I believe he, uh, he does all, all three of them. Sounds like an interesting premise. Uh, like, like they're, they're not in there to kill each other, are they, uh, Nobot? No, they're trying to work together to get out. Okay, so that, that's a little bit more uh, non-violent than uh, you know, the, like the Hunger Games trilogy. It's almost like a Groundhog Day where it changes every day instead of the same thing every day. Right, right. And that's one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. 
The Maze Runner. And uh, the movie is coming out. Let's see. Looks like, uh, who knows? Coming out sometime soon. September 19th, 2014 is when they claim it's coming out in the U.S. of A. You should be able to finish it by then. <laughs> it should be all right. Maybe. You might even get through a couple more of the books. Probably. 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 All of them. Uh, I, I've been reading another one, uh, Nobot, and it's... Science Fiction. We're both doing the sci-fi. And the one I'm reading is, uh, this guy sort of also wakes up and uh, he kind of has to get out of where he is, but uh, he knows a lot more than his first name. Uh, astronaut Mark Watney uh, is one of the first people to walk on Mars. And he got there six days ago. And uh, there's a, an accident happens, and part of his suit is torn off during the a- accident. The part that monitors his, uh, his life signs. So his whole crew figures that he's dead. And their rules are to leave dead bodies behind. So he's now stuck on Mars with equipment that was not designed to last, you know, a couple of years. And it's, it's really interesting, uh, Nobot and Jimmy, because you get to watch this astronaut. This, this is not like Star Wars, it's not fantasy. This is all technology that we have now that they're already planning on taking to Mars. And so he's got to deal with what he has there and modify everything. He's, he's, he's got to make water. He's got to make air. You know, he's got to make nitrogen. He's, he's got to get soil. He's like pooping on his potatoes. You know? So is this guy like, uh, does he have a scientific background? He's a botanist slash engineer. Does he have any duct tape? He does. Duct tape is huge in this one. Fantastic. And, and, and duct tape is huge all across NASA, pretty much. And, uh, uh, you know, remember Apollo 13, all the valves and all the stuff, all the pipes all connect. So no matter what's broken, something else fits. So they, they learned a lot, NASA has, since uh, uh, Apollo 13. And it's, it is interesting. I mean, it, it is a bit of a slog at times. But I would say that this becoming a movie would make a much better movie than that movie Gravity. Yeah. Where, where she basically does like four things and survives. Or right. Or slash dies, depending how you see the end of the movie. Well, um, I remember seeing, uh, as soon as I saw... The uh, spoiler alert. As soon as I saw that damn uh, floating fire extinguisher, right, I knew that was going to be utilized as a means of propulsion at some point, and sure right. enough, there it was. Well, well th- this one uh, gets again spoiler alert, but it gets more into the actual surviving on Mars, and and again spoiler. <laughs> the the biggest reason he may survive on Mars, we'll say, is that uh, they happen to bring like six potatoes, one potato each, so they can celebrate Thanksgiving with a real, you know, food item. And, and for those of you who like to grow things in your backyard, like me and Jimmy, you know that potatoes are pretty hardy, and uh, you can chop them up into six pieces and leave them on a shelf. And a few weeks later, you got uh, six potato plants. I have an I have more potatoes growing this year than ever before. I have like I have one entire four by eight raised bed with Yukon blue potatoes. You cut them yes. open, they're blue. I've got yes. um, I've got gold and white potatoes. And anytime we bring a pot- potatoes home from the grocery store, I'll just leave a couple of them in the cabinet. And I, I got some some 
some small raised beds that are out along the driveway that don't get quite enough sun. They didn't do very well last year with peppers and tomatoes. So I just filled them this year with potatoes. You just yeah. set them and forget them. But, but you know, but your, your raised gardens could all die and you'd survive. Yes. Whereas uh, astronaut Mark Watney, those six potatoes, uh, you know, extend his stay on Mars from like, you know, 300 days or 200 days to like 800 days. Oh, gosh. <coughs> Imagine so, a, the, the potato blight. So if you're not into technical details, don't bother with this book. Wait for the movie, the eventual movie, because they could condense this 11 hours uh, audiobook into a, a decent, you know, an hour and a half movie. But um, if you're interested at all in the, the future colonization of Mars, which might happen in our lifetime, um, it's interesting. And he, but he does really get into nitty gritty, like how he's going to get, you know, oxygen out of, uh, or, or combine hydrogen and oxygen, you know, in a tent on Mars and how that's done and uh, a lot of the things that he screws up and uh, the way he reuses a lot of the equipment. And I'm not going to spoil whether he survives or not, but uh, I give it a, if I had three thumbs, I'd give it three thumbs up. The What's the name of it again? The Martian by Andy Weir. And because Nobot's on the show, we're not going to go explicit today. But Oh, uh, hey, hey. He's gone. Is he gone? He rolled out. Oh, okay. Well, I, I love the first line in the whole book, and, and uh, it really got me right away. And it was, uh, and you know, the first sentence in any book is usually a, a good you know, indicator. It's got to be a grabber. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first line is, I'm pretty much fucked. That's my considered opinion. So, but I'm going to play a little clip of that one as well. Uh, Audible intentionally left that line out, probably because they don't want to put explicit stuff on their website anymore. But uh, a, a little clip of uh, R.C. Bray narrating Andy Weir's The Martian. Let's see. Where do I begin? The Ares program. Mankind reaching out to Mars to send people to another planet for the very first time and expand the horizons of humanity, blah, blah, blah. The Ares-1 crew did their thing and came back heroes. They got the parades and fame and love of the world. Ares-2 did the same thing, in a different location on Mars. They got a firm handshake and a hot cup of coffee when they got home. Ares-3, well, that was my mission. Okay, not mine, per se. Commander Lewis was in charge. I was just one of her crew. Actually, I was the very lowest-ranked member of the crew. I would only be in command of the mission if I were the only remaining person. What do you know? I'm in command. I wonder if this log will be recovered before the rest of the crew die of old age. I presume they got back to Earth all right. Guys, if you're reading this, it wasn't your fault. You did what you had to do. In your position, I would have done the same thing. I don't blame you, and I'm glad you survived. I guess I should explain how Mars missions work for any layman who may be reading this. We got to Earth orbit the normal way, through an ordinary ship to Hermes. All the Ares missions use Hermes to get to and from Mars. It's really big and cost a lot, so NASA built only one. Once we got to Hermes, four additional unmanned missions brought us fuel and supplies while we prepared for our trip. Once everything was a go, we set out for Mars. But not very fast. Gone are the days of heavy chemical fuel burns and trans-Mars injection orbits. Hermes is powered by ion engines. They throw argon out the back of the ship really fast to get a tiny amount of acceleration. The thing is, it doesn't take much reactant mass, so a little argon and a nuclear reactor to power things let us accelerate constantly the whole way there. 
You'd be amazed at how fast you can get going with a tiny acceleration over a long time. I could regale you with tales of how we had great fun on the trip, but I won't. I don't feel like reliving it right now. Suffice it to say, we got to Mars 124 days later without strangling each other. From there, we took the MDV, Mars Descent Vehicle, to the surface. The MDV is basically a big can with some light thrusters and parachutes attached. Its sole purpose is to get six humans from Mars orbit to the surface without killing any of them. And now we come to the real trick of Mars exploration, having all of our ship there in advance. A total of fourteen unmanned missions deposited everything we would need for surface operations. They tried their best to land all the supply vessels in the same general area, and did a reasonably good job. Supplies aren't nearly so fragile as humans and can hit the ground really hard, but they tend to bounce around a lot. Naturally, they didn't send us to Mars until they'd confirmed that all the supplies had made it to the surface and their containers weren't breached. Start to finish, including supply missions, a Mars mission takes about three years. In fact, there were Ares-3 supplies en route to Mars while the Ares-2 crew were on their way home. So you can see he does uh, eventually get a little bit more advanced in his... Uh, uh, it doesn't just describe argon being used for ion engines. It gets pretty uh, advanced at some points, but... Uh, I like the I like the way that guy reads. He's got like some gusto in his voice. Yeah, I, I almost could picture this one being read by uh, Will Wheaton. But uh, R.C. Bray does a great job and it makes it kind of serious. Uh, although he doesn't always take himself seriously, and, and the character himself, Mark Watney, doesn't take himself too seriously. He jokes around a lot. Uh, he's got a good lot of good one-liners in there as he's you know surviving alone, you know, on uh, Mars for quite a while, and just the way he's communicating with Earth, uh, it gets interesting. I'm not going to spoil any of that, but uh, he's got no radio at one point, so. Uh, or, no, through the, most of the whole thing, he has no radio to Earth, so uh, they're communicating in some strange ways. Uh, loved it. The Martian. Andy Weir, uh, I think, would be, make a good movie. Dig it. Dig it, man. Well, um, while I am waiting on my next shipment of uh, Brilliance Audio MP3 CDs from our friend Kalen over there, um, Matter of fact, I'm just putting together a list of new ones that I'm going to order. I'll send that over to you. Maybe we can hook up and read one of the same things here. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, uh, we've been trying to get my friend Emma Cooper on the show. Yes. And she is a podcaster and a gardener and an author. She just wrote her first book. She's in the UK. Okay, so yeah. so we when we do the show, issues, yeah. she's in REM sleep. Right. <laughs> totally. And, so, and it's, it's hard for us because, I mean, we're working during the day and uh, we try to podcast at night. And at night here is uh, here in North Carolina is like, you know, yeah, two, three in the morning in, uh, in England. Yeah. In the, and, in England. you know, she wants to do it on a Sunday afternoon. What's good for her. And, you know, the, our podcast studios are both uh, not not really close. So if, if right. I'm if I'm running the show like tonight, then, you know, it just doesn't work out, you know. If if uh, uh, so, anyway, whatever. This this is a cool book. It's called Jade Pearls and Alien Eyeballs. Ooh, hang on. Food and drink, <sighs> and it's a guidebook to uh, the world of unusual edible plants, different things that that people eat that uh, are are not really common. Um, I mean, even something just like you know nettles. Right. Which people think, uh, you know, you walk through the uh, 
the woods into something that sticks you and gets stuff on your pants and causes general havoc. But, you know, you can make tea from that. You can cook those. There's different stuff. And, and just about the history of, of people who hunt out these strange plants and, uh, you know, modern-day enthusiasts that are, you know, showcasing some of the unusual plants that you m might encounter. Um, and it is an e-book. It's on Smashwords. And it's Jade Pearls and Alien Eyeballs. It's her first book. She um, she has her own podcast. It's called the AKG Podcast, Al the Alternative Kitchen Garden. And if you're like me and you just love to hear a woman speak in an English accent, very calmly and soothingly, um, you just tune into this podcast and she will have you just by the heels. Well, that's why I watch BBC. I just love hearing English accents. And I yeah. no no sorry even better than a, a woman speaking a, with an English accent, a woman speaking with an Irish accent. <laughs> well, that that, that just uh... hey now. <laughs> so we're we're gonna uh, try to get back together with her and get her on the show. I think it'd be interesting. I, I've got lots of questions to ask her about gardening and and uh, the book writing process. So maybe uh, maybe. We'll send out to her and say, hey, we're talking about you on the podcast. We're serious. Maybe you, maybe you want to set your alarm and get up, talk to us 3 in the morning. You know, Get on our schedule, just 15 minutes, and go back to sleep like it was all a dream. Yeah. You hear that, Emma? <laughs> and we, might, we might get some uh, scoops out of her because she'll be, you know, 3 in the morning. Sure. She Ooh. might, she might uh, you know, loose lips, sink ships. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let, let's take a quick break, buddy. We'll come back with a little bit of a prize aganza. Oh, that's right. Prize Aganza is back. Well, uh, yeah, we'll close it out, bud. Let's, let's take a quick break. Cool. Hi, this is Cyrus from the Trailer Park Boys. Fuck up. I got work to do. And you're listening to The Book Guys. So we started last week using this sound effect, Sir Jimmy, when someone says something cool. Some people have been asking, where the hell did you get that weird sound effect? And you know what? Let's make it a... Welcome to Prize Aganza! Alright, so here, Jimmy, uh, I haven't thought this well out. So, the first person that can email paulthebookguy at gmail.com and knows where, which television program that sound effect came from will get a randomly selected piece of crap sent to them in the mail all the way from the book guys. It won't be crap. It'll be good. It'll be good. And I'm going to give you one clue, folks. It is related to our other sound effect. It's from the same country as this other sound effect. So we'll leave it at that. I will randomly select a piece of crap to send to you. And by crap, I mean good stuff. Hey, you can't beat that. You can't beat that, buddy. So we're, we're going to cut it short, I think, this week, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, well, hey, I got one podcast that I, I want to throw in. Oh, no, the one, uh, let's do this then. Podcast. Let's do it. It is called DVDASA, and that is short for David and Asa. Okay. David Cho. The highest paid and the richest um, artist in the world right now. David Cho. 
David Cho. He's from Koreatown in Los Angeles. And you may have seen him. He was on one episode of uh, Anthony Bourdain's show. That's how I came across him um, for the first time and realized, okay, this is this little dorky Korean guy who uh, uh, is a, just a multi, you know, hundred millionaire, and he's bored. He's banged women all over the world, and he's he's <laughs> ate so much good food that he's contracted diabetes. And and he said, you know, I, he likes to talk and likes to hear himself talk. And um, so he's got his own podcast now that um, has him and some 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 of his friends and Asa Akira, who is uh, the AVN Adult Video Award. Uh, what is, I don't know, AVN, adult video, whatever. She's she's a porn star. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know that. She, performer of the year, uh, two years in a row. Okay. Um, she actually lost out this year to some other chick, and they had that chick on the show too. So they talk about sex, they talk about food, they talk about traveling, and they, they get... You know, they bring in some cool guests sometimes, but, you know, if, if you're just, if you're like me and a, you're doing a job where you're out and you you have the opportunity to wear headphones, it, it's not for everybody, but I tell you what, it's for me, baby. <laughs> hey, listen, you, you had me at, uh, he was on Anthony Bourdain and Pornstar. Right. Yeah. DVDASA. I, 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 I think it stands for Double Vag, Double Anal Sensitive Artist. Okay, now we definitely made it explicit. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. You know, they, they come up with different ones, but that's one of the ones they've stuck with. And that's it. That's it for me here in North Carolina. I'm going to go out here and watch this thunderstorm roll in. All right, buddy. We're done, folks, let's, for the week. Yeah, let's do this again. Uh, Dude. Same bad time. We might even do another one this week, buddy. Yeah, I guess. What the hell? Let's do it. Might as well. Signing off from Toronto and North Carolina. See you next week, folks. Same bad channel. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel.